My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 179 of Legally Clueless. I'm singing so you can already tell I'm in a really good mood. This is going to be a super awesome episode but before we get into it if this is your first time listening to this podcast audio episodes like this go out every single monday we have a video series on our youtube channel season three is ongoing and those episodes go out every friday and if you go to our website legallycluelessafrica.com you can connect with us on social media and also join our legally clueless so speaking of our video series season three has begun i'm so excited about it because ee, this season has like the most powerful stories ever and we're two episodes in the second episode went live on friday you need to watch it asap it's somebody who i'm such a fan of i think i've told you i have a slight tiktok addiction <laughs> very slight and she's one of the people who i love because she's just so effortlessly funny her name is mimo karanja listen to this when i was in uni around third year that's when i joined tiktok by then it was known as musically and i remember i, I don't know let me say i was a late bloomer when it came to social media i was always the last one to join instagram the last one to join facebook the last one to join everything but for musically i think i was the first one i was the first one to join because i was on social media and then i see a video posted by idalisha idalisha is the one most of you know has olive from mother-in-law and she has posted a video and it was so cool i remember just i was like hey this video which app is this so there was that tag you see like even tiktok has like tiktok i was like musically the following day Wi-Fi hotspot in the school, <laughs> downloaded the app, and I started, you know, teaching myself how to do it. So it's definitely a story you need to watch. It is on our YouTube channel, episode two of season three of our video series. And make sure you watch episode one as well, because it has a super awesome story as well. Now, speaking of the video series, we are doing this in partnership with Guinness, who have a brand new show out that is all about amplifying African stories, which I really dig. And man... I remember I went for the launch with my friend Kadzo and we, when we're together, we're constantly talking. But as soon as the show started, <laughs> we didn't even like exchange any stories or anything. That's how captivated we were. And it's a show that goes into the behind the scenes stories of a bunch of super dope, super talented, super creative Africans across the spectrum of fashion, food. There's a story of a restaurant called Uncle Nene's. I have had their burger before, but I didn't know that it's run by a friend's sister and her husband. <laughs> I had no idea. I was finding out all of that through this show and it's like so wild. There's just like so many awesome stories, including one by Sweetie Nyakano, who does such incredible work on trying to get Africans reconnected with their roots, with their culture, with their ancestors. And her story got super emotional at a point. And it just, you know, knowing this vulnerable side of what she's been through just made me connect with her even more. Listen to this. I started my online platform as an accident. It came out at a point where I couldn't even pay the rent to this house. I had quit my job because of, you know, I, I felt like I wasn't being appreciated. Um, I had a boss who would, I would create stuff and she would criticize them so much, telling me that, that no one would love my stuff. So I, I stopped working with them and 
the transition was so difficult for me. Because my, my first video, I remember I created a video and when I woke up the next day, it had blown out of proportion. That's just one episode. There are quite a few. It's from the brand new Guinness show. It's called Black Shines Brightest Stories and it's available on their YouTube channel. If you check the show notes, you will get a direct link to their YouTube channel or you can just search Guinness Kenya and start watching. Let's jump right into the song of the week, which is a song, I can't, another one that I cannot believe I haven't shared with you. Like I should be thoroughly ashamed. It popped up on my phone I was driving the other day and I put my phone on shuffle and then the song played and I was losing my mind just like screeching along to the song. <laughs> and it's called Mount Everest. It's by Trezor. I hope I pronounced his name right. And I think a AKA is definitely featured on the song and I just really like it. It's such a cute, nice song. Again, it's a love song. Leave me alone. The gangster enemy is going to come back real soon and drop you some meditation tracks. <laughs> like a real gangster does. <laughs> but until then, you have to make do with these mushy songs. Yeah, so please do check it out. I've put a link to the song in the show notes. I think it's called Mount Everest. Am I, am I lying? Hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, it's called Mount Everest. All right, so this is a very special episode. It's called The Boundaries episode. I've wanted to do this episode for quite a while. I just haven't had a moment to like put all my thoughts together in one page <laughs> to prep for the show. But since I live in the middle of nowhere and everything is silent, I've been doing a lot more writing. So it's allowed me to prepare for this episode and just share with you my story really when it comes to boundary work that I've been doing for the past couple of months, how that experience was, do I have some tips and yeah, let's get into it, right? So I had probably the worst March 20. 22 ever man <laughs> you know I keep thinking to myself now that I'm in a much more positive happier fulfilling just wow space I had I had intense suicide ideation that morphed into actual suicidal thoughts and I've probably only told my therapist this part <laughs> I don't think I'm ready to like go into it, but I, I think, not I think, at one point, I think it was March 6th, wait, Women's Day 7th, or is it 5th? Okay, around that time, I actually had a plan <laughs> of what I was going to do, and I would find peace in writing out that plan, and I remember one day actually ordering some things that were part of my plan and ah uh, that was that was something i'm so thankful for my therapists like <sighs> wow i'm just remembering like i had really mapped out the plan like anyway now i'm rethinking sharing that here but whatever that's where I was. I was really exhausted. I was physically and emotionally exhausted. And I think emotionally is the worst kind. The things I liked to do didn't bring me any pleasure. I just felt like so many things in my personal life had imploded, even though I tried so hard to plan them out such that they wouldn't implode. And I felt so alone. Oh my God, I felt 
so alone. And then the worst thing is because it was like women's International Women's Day week, International Women's Day month in a couple of countries. It meant I had triple the workload that I usually have. So I still had to show up, smile, like... <laughs> I I don't know how I made it through, especially the first two weeks of March. Fuck, I, I don't know how I made it through those. And like, if you see or even hear the peace, the calmness that I have now and, and just like the happiness, like even my social media posts, it's almost like I'm not in Kenya. Everybody's like stressed out about elections. I'm just like, oh, I have a set avocados today. And the reason I'm like lost in that is just, I know that's what is important. Like I, I didn't have, I didn't have any of that in March. So, you know, yeah, I'm just going to sit in it, whether we have a president or not. That's where I was in March. And I remember in that season, one of my therapists told me I'm an introvert and it seems like I'd exhausted every level of battery, social, emotional, like physical. They were just below E. So we did a couple of things. We went through my relationships, like friends, family, and just kind of like detailed what that looked like. And we did this circle exercise. I think I've mentioned it in a couple of podcasts before, where you draw a series of circles. So you start with a small one, and then a bigger one that has a smaller one in it, and then a bigger one that has the two in it, and then a bigger one that has those other three. You get what I mean? So going bigger and bigger. So it's a series of circles. And the one in the middle is the small, small one. And it's meant to represent your inner circle. So you're meant to be in there. And when we did that exercise, and you know, she asked me a few questions here and there, it was very apparent that that middle circle that's meant to be just my voice was full of so many people, friends, family, expectations etc etc and I was not even in that circle anymore I'd filled it with all of these things all of these people and I was nowhere and I was depleted because like even time wise I was putting so much time into family family functions showing up emotionally for family members and not kind of like debriefing with myself afterwards, carrying a lot of grudges against especially older family members who I think either wronged my mom or wronged us around the death of my mom. I was like holding on to those grudges and like just not liking them and constantly being aware of this feeling of not liking them and holding that feeling and it was it was draining me I was drained because another thing we also found out through that circle exercise was you know evaluating my decisions that have made almost in like the last decade and most of my personal relationships and the decisions around them and the decisions I took in them as well was to please my family I kind of like felt like I was the black sheep always been super expressive always been the atsy patsy one just non-conformist and so I and I can't even say that my family gave me that tag I, I assumed it for myself that I was the black sheep <laughs> and I was kind of like trying to buy my way back in to this thing that I'd created in my head and what then ended up happening is the decisions I was making, their happiness came first. And some of these family members didn't ask this of me. Some did. Some are pretty manipulative. But I also can't say I didn't participate. I participated actively <laughs> in ensuring my decisions were honoring others and not me. Another thing we found out as to why I wasn't in the smaller circle, in the circle exercise, was loneliness. Ah. <sighs> Where do I start with this? 
because I'm even seeing it even in present day. I think this one I'm still struggling with where I'm really scared of losing people. I think it was there before my mom died. Just like, you know, remnants of like my first relationship where the guy cheated on me and then just losing that, you know, I tried and I still remember even after, after like finding out he cheated on me, like trying to make the relationship work, which is not going to work anyway. We were so young, so immature, long distance. (laughs) I love who dribbled the cheating. It just wasn't going to work. But I think I hung on because I was scared of losing him. And then not the big thing that his death came and showed me, hey, you thought that relationship was a loss. Let me show you. So losing my mom just kind of like pushed that fear of losing people to a whole new level. So I would give and give and give so that people don't leave. And you know, like when you do that, it makes it so hard for you to see when you're spent, you know, it was so hard for me to, to even recognize that I was tired, that I was almost at empty. And I also recognized that even people who were not giving me the type of relationships I wanted, I was scared to either call it out or ask for what I wanted, because what if what I want is too much and then this person leaves? And this is not only reserved for intimate relationships. I think we talk so much about intimate relationships, but not enough about friendships and like family relationships. And yeah, I just, I think I just was scared to ask of <laughs> the type of, of relationships that I wanted or the dynamics and relationship that I wanted. So I was aware I wasn't in the type of connections I wanted, but I didn't want to speak up. And I I was just really trying to control losing people by giving them everything and anything, even at my expense. And then I broke. So going through this and so much more in therapy, first thing was like to figure out how to get me into that small circle, how to start putting in place boundaries, because I had zero boundaries for family and friends, zero like when I tell you I was not in that small circle, dude, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I wasn't, I wasn't. And some of the first things we did was like trying to figure out who am I and what type of relationships do I want? How do I want people to communicate that they care for me? What are the values that are non-negotiable for the people I allow around me? I knew I wanted connections or friendships full of passion. I wanted and want (laughs) to be seen, really see me. It's so, it's hard to explain what that is, but you know when you're in a friendship or relationship, etc., where you're not being seen, where you're just a a character (laughs) that can be filled by anyone, or you're just access, or you're just this thing or place I go to that I get things, but I don't necessarily see the person. What do I like? What do I dislike? From the small things to the really big things. And I realized that I try to be a very open book. And in my head, I'm just like, dude, if you're around me and you don't know me, that's your own fault because I'm pretty open, right? And because of that, I assumed that it's easy for the people around me to see this and to know who I am. And I realized it's not. And quite a few of them didn't know who I am, didn't see me. And that was heartbreaking. Even in terms of values, I realized I really don't like judgmental people. Mm -mm. Can't take it. Can't. So that's like a non-negotiable. I also don't fuck with people who aren't self-aware and working on the broken bits of themselves. I find that those people deflect and try and create unattainable expectations for others, not looking at themselves and 
figuring out what do they need to do to fix themselves and how do they keep evolving to a better, more aware, more grown version of themselves. So it doesn't mean that I'll only fuck with people who are going to therapy. No, people can do that work by themselves through various other activities, not only through therapy. For me, it's just like, you have to be doing the work or I'm not having you in any of the small circles. You get what I mean? I'm not having you close to me. I realize I love consistency when it comes to if your friends, whatever connection or relationship, like, can we please be consistent with our communication? <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, like there's this, quote people say oh you know this friendship we don't speak for a while and then when we do we just pick up right where we left off and I've probably even used that quote maybe even on this podcast but yeah I don't like that (laughs) I I didn't realize it but I don't I want consistent communication I want to be there for you when you're navigating something tough I want you to be there for me when I'm navigating something tough and how do we do that if we're not consistently in communication I like graceful people reprimand with grace correct with grace meet people where they're at that's grace honestly i now that i say it out loud i think that's actually another non-negotiable for me there's got to be grace or i'm just not gonna be in that space or rather you're not going to be in mine (laughs) so then i had to go through each person in my life and decide which circle they're going to be in and it's a scary thing to do because you realize that that smallest circle could end up with just you. And remember I told you me, loneliness. (laughs) How we are set up. (laughs) And yeah, so that's really scary. And with family, what I've found has helped me is to ask myself, if this person wasn't family, would I be friends with them? You know, and then it takes me back to like the values, how I want somebody who cares for me to communicate that to me or the space, the environment that I want around friendships, right? And that has really helped me in creating categories and boundaries. And another thing that helped me do this boundary work is isolating. A lot of people say this could be unhealthy and if it's unchecked it could be unhealthy i was constantly meeting with my therapist every week i was speaking to one of the closest people in my life every day and another friend every second day or so so even when i say isolate it's not like i had zero contact with human beings but i just like stepped all the way back from quite a few relationships and just reduced the noise and it really helped me hear my voice, hear who I am, what I want, all of these things that I was saying, the values, all of those, I could, I could see them now that there was like silence around me. And then I had, you know, my therapists guiding me as well. And just isolating helped me really be intentional about hearing myself, honoring myself, honoring my dreams, honoring the plans I had for my life, for my business, whatever. I could just hear everything clearly. (laughs) It was surround sound. (laughs) I think, you know, stepping back from life, life can be very noisy. If you can step back in a healthy manner and isolate for a bit every so often, I think, I think it really helps you hear yourself. I also had to understand that moving someone from the smaller circle yani further away from my inner circle doesn't mean that i don't love them it just means the small circle needs more than love and they are not (laughs) 
how fiki bay they're not how do i what's that in english management reserves right <laughs> of admission <laughs> yeah something like that yeah so it doesn't mean you hate someone or whatever it just just means their circle is a bit further and it's healthier that way and i i also had to be so graceful with myself in understanding that i am allowed to change my mind about relationships and evolve past them and i'm allowed to outgrow friendships outgrow connections and that's fine it it doesn't always have to be oh we had a fight and then this happened. no it, it can just be like yeah the person I am now, this connection or this friendship or this relationship or whatever, is not for them anymore. And that's fine. My man, I had zero boundaries. Like when I tell you I had zero boundaries. <laughs> zero. Round zero. <laughs> I used to give information to like people in my life. Like I was seeking permission. Oh, I'm doing this. I'm going here. I'm thinking of doing this. I will proofread this. What do you think? just the most i was doing the most and even more than that is it was uncomfortable but i was still participating heavily and actively in the nonsense and it just had to stop so you know i stopped letting people have access to my space and i just understanding that my space is interlocked with energy and i, I just i want to figure that out first but yeah i had to just understand my space is my my sanctuary and my energy and i need to really be protective about that another thing i need to be protective about and have boundaries around is my emotions Ooh. first i'm an empath so involuntarily i will hold your emotions with you and it just means that now i'm emotionally heavier so i have to have boundaries even even with the people who are close to the inner circle who I care about deeply and I have a bit more lax boundaries emotionally I have to be aware of hey I'm not in the headspace to be able to support you on ABCD right now you know I'll come back to you when I can and just kind of also have a boundary around emotional boundaries <laughs> also understanding even in terms of support way this was also a key learning that some people want to offer support in quotes or even know where i am emotionally not because they truly care but because they don't want it to look like they don't care so it's performative it's not how are you really doing it's like yeah performative and so i've had to be very discerning and have a boundary between me and the latter because me i'm not participating in free performances <laughs> so i found that the more i did the boundary work i just wouldn't participate i would not share any emotional information with people who i had an inkling weren't genuinely asking you know how I am. I also have erected boundaries around my decisions. These have to be mine. What I'll create, what I'll do, what I wear, who I'm with intimately, where I live, who are my friends, what do I do for fun? All these things. Some seem like mundane, everyday decisions. Some are big, but all of them need to purely come from me. Sometimes that means I need to sit with a decision longer before I make it. So even in business, I found that I, with this boundary, have been able to communicate to clients and say, hey, I'm going to need one week and then I'll come back to you with my thoughts on ABCD. I've even managed to pull out of an event because I just, you know, I don't know if the person is going to listen to this, but hey, I, I just didn't like, there was like a weird energy. There was a weird energy. There was like a condescending tone I didn't really appreciate. I allowed myself to change my mind on the decision. 
you know, and, and that was such a huge moment for me because the old boundaryless me, ah, me to do things that I really didn't want to do, but then I was too scared to say no. But yeah, I was just like, actually, I don't got to do it. I don't want to. I don't want to. It's a no for me. <laughs> Another boundary. Oh my God, this one is so big is financial boundaries. I have a very weird relationship with money. I never ever want to rely on anybody financially. So I work my ass off and try and make very good decisions financially so that that never happens. Still working on the unhealthy side of that with my therapist. But um, there's that. I don't easily lend money to people who were not in the inner circle. I just be like, please me, I don't do loans or like, I'd rather you come and tell me what are your skills? Let's try and hook you up with a job. Let's try. Do you have a business idea? Who can I connect you with? Um, because then you become less dependent on me and you can stand on your own two feet financially. But when it came to the people who are, were crowded in that inner circle of mine, <laughs> I just used to splurge. Let me tell you, even birthdays and Christmas, I wouldn't even have a budget for gifts. For other people, swipe, swipe. <laughs> ah... Ish. <laughs> and that's not even the bad part because then in, in like evaluating some of the relationships I had around me, I just realized one person specifically was taking advantage of me financially. And I was paying for a lot of things that I really shouldn't have been paying for. And it was like, oh, and you know those things when the bill comes. <laughs> oh, my bank app is not working. Oh, this, that, the other. And in the moment, like I would have a, a split second where I'm like, I feel like I'm being taken advantage of. And then I would guilt myself and be like, what's wrong with you? There's somebody you care about. Maybe something is going on with them. And it's just a bill. Like it's not, it's not, it was never, and I never spend like crazy amounts of money in like a restaurant or whatever. We'll never do that. So it would never be like, you know, those amounts you can easily say, nope, never. (laughs) Also because I don't have it. (laughs) No, it was like small amounts. So you just find yourself paying, but you are being taken advantage of, right? And so I have those financial boundaries now. So I learned that and I don't know why I didn't listen to my therapist because when we're doing this boundary work, she told me, sis, you don't communicate boundaries verbally when you're putting them in place you actually just start doing the action over and over and over the verbal communication comes up a little later i'll get to that but when you start you don't do it verbally who am i i am adele i do not listen so with two of the people i was erecting boundaries with i actually wrote down this long message in different with different paragraphs trying to explain <laughs> this is the boundary work I'm doing na, 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 na. and oh my god they took it so badly I was just like whoa, 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 whoa. is this what what what's going on here <laughs> they took it so badly it was just like this huge fight and I was like fuck <laughs> I should have listened to my therapist so what has worked for me is you do the action over and over and over and it's not only the other person that you're kind of like teaching the boundaries you're even teaching yourself the more you do it it's like a muscle you're exercising it and it will require so much strength and grace on your end because there will be resistance where <laughs> let me say it again there will be resistance to your boundaries right i remember one person calling me and claiming that i didn't love them that my mother wouldn't approve of what i'm doing and then i actually just ended up hanging up which i hate doing but i knew boundaries wise this is not a conversation that i wanted to participate in and they were not going to let up so i had to just inform them hey 
I'm going to hang up. And then I did. And then they went online and posted a subliminal message just like saying how people can be so selfish, etc. Which I, I knew was aimed at me and you know the old me the funny thing about boundaries and like the isolation work where you can hear yourself you don't participate in in, in shenanigans <laughs> you're just like i'm aware of said shenanigan but i'm not boarding i'm not participating onwards right so i saw it and i was just like this is strange <laughs> I moved on, but you will need so much strength and grace on your end because things will be said that will target your insecurities and you just have to stay strong, which can be very difficult. Like by the time somebody's telling you or questioning, would, the, would your dead mom approve of this? Your mom who is like your best friend, etc. It takes a lot of strength to sit back and be like, A, this is very manipulative. B, none of us knows what she could have wanted because probably she's not here. You know what I mean? So the strength that is required is a lot for you not to give in to manipulation. And I just hope if you are also doing this boundary work, I hope that you don't give in to the manipulation or the resistance. And the other thing that will test you is guilt. Where, my friends, you will feel guilty for pulling back from certain people. That was very difficult for me to navigate because I didn't anticipate it. I prepared so much for the resistance that I'd face erecting the boundaries that I didn't... I forgot that I'd feel guilty. So when it slapped me one day, <laughs> I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What is this? I, I was not prepared. I think what helped me is understanding that feeling that guilt is very normal it's not a sign of you're doing the wrong thing it's a normal reaction so you allow yourself to feel it but you don't make decisions like erasing the boundary you've built or are building due to guilt so you just feel it you accept yes you're mourning a relationship that existed in a particular way but don't make decisions especially drastic ones like Saying, okay, let's just abandon this boundary. Mm -mm, don't make those due to guilt. So in terms of the verbal communication, I think of your boundaries, that is. I think it comes up, well, in my experience, it's come up when I have to call people out when they cross the boundary. And I have to do that very clearly. I've had to do that with a particular person twice. Eh, did I do it twice? Or I'm just lying here that I'm a pro. No, the first time they crossed the boundary, I just like sat in anxiety because they would, they kept doing this particular thing that would leave me feeling so anxious. I would not be sleeping. I would just feel horrible. I'd feel like all the progress I had made was being erased by this external person. So I did it the first time and I didn't call it out. I got scared. And then the second time they did it, now I was further along in my car boundary work. So I was like, eh, hey, I'm going to actually nip this in the bud, which is what I did. And it was in a very matter of fact tone. And I just communicated that I didn't want them doing this particular thing or behaving in a particular way around me anymore. So stop it. Don't do this to me. That really helped. <laughs> That really helped. And I felt so good. I immediately chatted my therapist. I was like, guess what I did? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the verbal communication of your boundaries, that for me came up like now. And people will test. They will try and cross. You know what I mean? And you have to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> or stop doing this particular thing. I think the great thing is once the boundaries are up, quite a few people who were only around me to take and take and take 
and take just fell back because now the access wasn't there. So I didn't even have to do any boundary work with them because it's like they went. (laughs) So I was like, well, that reduces my workload here. So that was a great thing. And I think an even greater thing I was telling a friend of mine is that with these new boundaries, I feel the most me I've felt in forever. Specifically, I felt in 10 years. Because the last time I felt like this was before my mom died. A hundred percent. And it's down to even like weird shit like the music I listen to or the hobbies that I have and the things that it's almost like for 10 years I'd forgotten who I was. And then I had so much noise and that's the small circle that's meant to have only me. I had so much noise inside there. I didn't even realize it. So it's like, and I explained it to a close friend that I feel like my lungs have air now. It's like I was underwater swimming or drowning. Well, drowning. <laughs> and then I came up for air. And now my lungs have been filled with air. That's what it feels like. That's my experience with it. But I also, as you know, if you're a long-term listener of this podcast, when I'm navigating something, I will read every article there is about it. And I came across three tips that I wish I knew when I was starting the boundary work, but they still are helping me now. So tip number one is when it comes to boundaries, set the boundaries early in the relationship. Now, sometimes it can be really hard to start putting boundaries in pre-existing relationships. Trust me, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) It's very difficult. So if you can put boundaries in straight away, it helps the relationship, whatever the nature, whether it's intimate, um, whether it's with workmates, friends, family, whatever. It's creates a framework and everybody now has their constitution of this (laughs) of how they should engage with you you know what I mean the second tip is being consistent I think this is something I didn't prepare for like how I would have to do it over and over and over I think I naively thought like communicate my boundaries once we all get it we move accordingly and that's not the case it's like over and over and over even for you to learn your own boundaries and honor them. Because if you let the boundaries slide here and there, it can lead to a lot of confusion. The expectations are disrupted. And, you know, it just throws the relationship into chaos. So you've got to be consistent and stick to the boundary that you've set up. If you want to change it for whatever reason, I think you should be able to clearly communicate that with the people or person it's going to impact. The third tip where I'm just actually like seeing it with a with a close friend is recognizing other people's boundaries. Um, so you're setting your own boundaries. It's very important to appreciate those of others as well. I found that in a particular relationship, I've been very selfish. I had not boundaries, but like the things that I want to do and I'd force the other person to do them and not realizing that that was not something they're comfortable doing or attending, etc., etc. So I had to call myself out and be like, wow, I've just been such a selfish bitch. What? (laughs) And recognize their boundaries, acknowledge them. And I even had to apologize and be like, oof, I am so sorry. Like I, I wasn't even conscious that I was doing this. And I think even in recognizing other people's boundaries, it's helped me know that it's okay for me to have mine. You know, so it's almost like it's helped me. Acknowledging other people's boundaries has helped me. I even found that, you know, when I talked about earlier physical boundaries, like who has access to your physical space. In the past, someone had 
an all access pass to my space. And I realized I didn't have the same access to their space. They had boundaries. And now that I'm doing the work, I'm recognizing that them having those boundaries wasn't a lack of love. It wasn't violent. It was just them having boundaries, you know? And so it in recognizing others, it helps you build yours, yes, but you also, you don't overthink and misread things. So the last thing that I want to leave you with, I feel like I've been rambling on, what? For so long? So the last thing I want to leave you with is something I came across in an article and it was written, it's a, it's a quote by a psychotherapist, a licensed one. Her name is Judith Belmont. And she said, it's important when setting boundaries to identify your basic human rights. And so she wrote down five basic rights, which is where I'm going to end the episode. And those one, two, three, four, five. Yes, there are five. And the five basic rights are, I have a right to say no without feeling guilty. I have a right to be treated with respect. I have a right to make my needs as important as others. I have a right to be accepting of my mistakes and failures. I have a right not to meet others' unreasonable expectations of me. So those five. And once you accept that these are your basic rights, it becomes easier for you to like erect the boundaries because now you acknowledge that anything that could destabilize those rights needs to be on the other side of the fence. <laughs> so yeah, I, I really hope this episode helps you. I, I just have wanted to do it for such a long time, but I hadn't written down all my thoughts and now I have and I was like, oh, maybe somebody else is going through this. Maybe you're going through this and it could help you. And if you're doing boundary work and you have a tip that you want to share, please just DM it on our Instagram page that's Legally Clueless Africa like this is a shared space it's for all of us and I'm gonna put most of what I've shared and anything that I haven't shared in our first newsletter yay 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 um that will go out this week and it goes out to those who have signed up to be part of the Legally Clueless Africa community so if you've signed up you're getting an email a love letter from me no it's not a love letter yeah but you'll get something from me this week if you if you've not signed up, go to LegallyCluelessAfrica.com and do so. I've got a lot of people asking that they want to share their story on this pod. All you have to do is check out the show notes. There is a link to a Google form for you to fill out. Fill it out and I will get back to you. Just make sure, please, that the contact details you put are for an email that you actually check because some of you... <laughs> Don't forget, you can catch this podcast on Trace FM in Kenya. Just go to traceradio.co.ke for a list of all the frequencies. We're there every Monday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. and 11 p.m. and every Friday at 1 p.m. I really hope this episode has helped you. I hope you have boundaries or you're doing the work to build your boundaries. And if you don't, oh my God, please do it because we're Hey, you can't be, you can't be moving around without those. I will end this episode here and I'll catch you next week. In the meantime, head over to our YouTube channel and check out season three of our video series. I love you so much. Thank you for being part of this family. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.